Welcome to Do That Well. I'm your host, Brenda Brown, and with me, executive coach Karen Thrall. Today on Do That Well, we're going to talk about workplace friendships. What different types of workplace friendships exist, some of the positives and negatives to having workplace friendships, and how you still find boundaries when you have friendships with your coworkers or your boss. Now, I want to start this off by just pointing out that Karen, you and I are workplace friends. We originally met <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. And you were my boss. This was about 10 years ago now. Yeah. So we are a true living <laughs> example yeah. of when a workplace <laughs> friendship can go right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's a fun topic because we were both kind of excited to talk about it because this is something that we're, it's very dear to us, you know, and it's so cool because we've gone through like even these stages, how we were team members and then me transitioning out and then you transitioning out and then we find each other again. And now we have this friendship that we always had, but now it doesn't have work associated with it. And that, and then the, because we're still still friends and we found the friendship in the midst of all that, next thing you know, now we're doing a podcast. Like it's really cool to watch our path. And I got, can I just say, Brenda, I when you said to me the other day that we were life friends and uh, I, I knew that inside me, but we actually never actually said that to each other. And because <laughs> of this episode, like I teared up, even now I'm tearing up, but because of this episode, all of a sudden... The, our bond even got stronger because we were prepping for this episode. But it was like, wow, yeah, we're like, oh, wait, that's us. We're like friends, you know? So anyways, I thought that was cool. No, definitely. I agree. And we'll go into this. But as we were prepping for this episode, we came up with different types of friendships that you can have in the workplace. And that spans from those more acquaintance, more friendly type interactions to life friends, keeper friends, to mentorships, and everything in between. And as you say that just now, I think what is so unique and really cool about our friendship is that we have sort of spanned through all of the different zones, yeah. friend zones. Yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> Let's start off with talking about those different types of friendships that you can have in a workplace. The easiest or most approachable is that friendly, more acquaintance-like friendship. Mm -hmm. Digging a little deeper into that, I'm curious, Karen, from your perspective, why is that important? Why is it important for us to be friendly and create those acquaintances, those friendly interactions in the workplace? And for people, there's going to be people who are listening that don't agree with that. They don't agree that they, they believe their personal life and their professional life are very separate. And they don't want to have that level of friendship in the workplace. They want to do their job and go home. And their, their community is outside the workplace. And they feel very strongly about that. So, And if that's you, if, that's the, if people who are listening, if they feel that way, there is a difference between being friendly and being friends. So every relationship in the workplace is friendly. Like number one, and I would love to know even what you think of the word friendly, because it is different. I, I'm friendly with the barista, but I'm not friends with the barista at the coffee shop. Yet when I walk in, 
she knows my name or she knows my drink or he says hi to me or he goes, I got that ready for you, whatever that is. So being friendly is a priority. And I think that if if you're reluctant to be friends, I would say I would push and go never be reluctant to be friendly with everybody, which and the second thing is and that would lead into never burn bridges because that is that will that will help you from not burning bridges. So I was curious with you, like what you thought of the word friendly, um, how you see it, even in your world, your professional world, how you see that working out. For me, when I think of it in the context of the workplace, I guess the word acquaintances comes to mind, which it can sound a little cold. Oh, this person's my acquaintance. (laughs) However, I, I think that that's how I approach those relationships in the workplace that are friendly, but we're not necessarily friends. I view that person as an acquaintance. It's somebody that I have a good rapport with, but maybe it stops there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because friendly and because friendly for to choose friendly, there are no enemies. To choose fr- friendly, there you're saying I'm going to choose friendliness over conflict, friendliness over annoyance, nuisance, uh, disagreeing, because it's difficult to do both. It's different. It's difficult to be friendly with a colleague and be really annoyed with them. <laughs> so it helps you to choose well. And how you're going to engage with other people, whether you like them or not, disagree, agree, whatever, that that commitment to being friendly is going to help help create that vibe in the workplace. Clearly, it's important to both of us to be friendly in the workplace. That's something that we can agree on, that we think that that's a good skill to have. And as you mentioned, not everyone's going to agree with us. Some people Mm -hmm. prefer to keep their professional life very separate from the rest of their lives. However, that doesn't mean that you still can't bring a friendliness to work and create a rapport because that will, I think, help you in other ways in your life as well. Not only is that going to make your workplace smooth and a fun environment to be around, which can make you happier, but it's also a way to network and to have connections that you can take with you if you ever find yourself in another workplace. So I think that there are different advantages Mm -hmm. to being friendly in the workplace beyond just making friends. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stats out there that talk about the performance goes way up when people have friends in the workplace, um, because it creates uh, that connection and that community vibe. And um, so I know, like we were talking about the friendly thing. But then there's also there are friends of just it's a seasonal friend where you're a professional friend with someone, but when the job is done, the friendship kind of doesn't really carry on with you. And like for you and I, we're fortunate that we have something that was had a lot of substance to it. It had, you know, we built a foundation for us to keep keep going and keep growing and pushing each other and to, you know, in a good way, you know, like we're really, we're each other's cheerleaders and we just, we just have a really comfortable vibe there, but it's okay also to have the friends that are just for a season. And for, so if people, if you're like, you know, that makes me uncomfortable, but it, it is advantageous. Like they say in different stats, some say work performance doubles for people who have friends in the workplace. Some stats say 63% of your performance goes up if you have friends in the workplace. Nobody that I read said having friends in the workplace is unhealthy. 
So even if it upped your engagement, your commitment, and I, and that, that feeling of belonging, um, that you're part of something bigger than yourself, that you can joke and relax and you see everybody on the same page, even if you did a, a level of friendship. That, so there's friendly and then a friendship where there's people that you just connect well with. You go for lunch with, you know, you maybe play squash with after work or maybe there's a, there's a golf tournament or maybe an art class. And you go, you know, hey, you want to do an art class with me, whatever that thing is. And maybe you have the same humor. And they were also saying that the people that sit closest to you in your, around your desk are usually the ones that you're going to start building friendships with. I thought that was really interesting, too. You know, that it's not that it's in another department or wherever. Those are happenstance, but it's usually around you. There's going to be somebody that you connect really well with, and that's where the, the friendship's going to grow. That's cool. I like that you pulled out the different activities that you would do outside of work with your coworkers or your boss. I think that that, in my opinion, is where you can start to build those relationships and turn them more into friendships when you go past the friendly, when you start to find those common interests that you share outside of the workplace. And so there's something to bond about besides the work that you're doing or, you know, their place of work. And I think that's how you can start if you want to, if you're interested in going from the level of friendly to having a relationship, a friendship, I think that's a nice starting point is to try and find those common interests with people mm -hmm. that you can explore that yeah. go beyond work itself. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if people are reluctant to build friends because they're scared to. What if it's not mutual? Like, you know, I do see in the workplace a lot, it's, it's quite common where there's an exclusion and Sometimes there's a little, like a little group that forms and you may, that might be the group you'd actually be, like to be friends with, but you're not being included. And so it causes a person to be more guarded and reluctant. I agree. I've definitely seen that in workplaces. I know that I've been in a place where I felt maybe I was the odd man out. For example, drinking culture can be pretty big in a lot of workplaces and professional um, settings. And I'm not a big drinker. So I would see coworkers go out to get drinks after work, but because they knew I didn't really like to drink, I wouldn't get invited. And so I would start to feel like I couldn't be a part of that crew or those friendships or those bondings that were happening because I didn't have that common element to be able to partake. Okay, and they see this is really good because there's two sides. There's the group that has formed and there's the outsider or the person who perceives themselves as, as an outsider. Friendly should being friendly in the workplace and having friends in the workplace is not exclusive. So for for those of you who know how to make friends really easily, it's it would be a good idea to remember to include other people in that group. Maybe not all the time. But if you're going to grab a bite tea for lunch and it's always the same three, four people, it would be a good idea to say, hey, so-and-so, why don't you come with us? Because if you're going to have lunch with the same three or four people every day, one day a week's not going to hurt you to, to broaden the circle. And that's something, some people, it's very natural and some people are very committed to having friends in the workplace. So it, it comes easier for them. But uh, to me, never at the expense of isolation. Because you do have to remember it's a professional environment. It is not your neighbors. It's not your, 
you know, your whatever, your friends at home. It's This is a professional environment. So there is an element that's going to be different than having your everyday friends. Okay, and I want to I want to throw something when I was prepping for this. I'm going to throw a question at you and it has four options and I'm super curious to see what which one you pick, okay? And okay. then I'll, I'll tell you what I picked too. I'll tell you what I picked too. So so using that example about you're not a drinker and and so if everybody's going for happy hour and that's not your thing, you may still want to go. It's just because you don't drink, you can still get a club soda, you know, and, and cranberry. You don't need to have alcohol, but it's funny that it but you don't drink, so we won't ask you. And that assumption, um, and then you miss out um, because you may not have that in common. That's I think that's a brilliant example, actually. And I think that's way more common than we, we realize. Um, okay, so a colleague, let's pretend, hypothetical, a colleague is getting married. And everyone in the office but you didn't receive the invitation, that you didn't receive an invitation to the wedding. Okay, so everybody got one except you. Okay. What is your response? Okay. So here's your four options. Worry that I wonder if the colleague's angry with me. Did I do something to offend them? Are they angry with me? Suspect it's an oversight and just go ask them directly since you're the only one who didn't get the invite. Three, not let anyone know that you weren't invited and then make plans that weekend. (laughs) Okay. So you can have an excuse to lean on. Four, I'd be upset that they would deliberately snub you like this. So which one for you? Or, and if none of those, what would be your response? I, I would probably worry. I would worry that maybe I did something that upset them or that they were angry with me. And then what would you do with it? I probably would eventually ask them about it after I had gone through my stages of worry. <laughs> yeah. Cuz I think I would make plans. Really? Yeah. I think I would say anything. I I don't know if I would be able to if I thought they were angry with me. I I think I would quickly assume okay, they don't like me. <laughs> and but it is do they have to like me? I mean, is it okay? I mean, really technically, you know, we're just colleagues. You know, it, it makes sense. I wouldn't be invited because, I, you know, we don't know each other that well, even though we're on the same team. You know what? I'll just make plans. I'm uncomfortable. And I, I, but I definitely would not go talk to them. There is no way I would. Wow. To go Am I confrontational? Them. Maybe I'm confrontational. Because I, <laughs> oh. I definitely do think I would go to them and I would say, hey, I noticed that everybody got an invite but me. And I just wanted to know if maybe there was something that I did that upset you. Okay, but what if they said, no, I, no, oh, what if it made it uncomfortable or awkward? Like, what if they're not upset, they just didn't want to invite you? But but what do you do? I think I would be okay with that, because then at least I would know. I like knowing. For me, not knowing is the, the hard part. If I know that someone doesn't like me, then I can get past it. Okay, you don't like me. That's fine. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Because I was thinking about, would I talk to them, I think, after the wedding? If I were to talk, it would be after the wedding. Because how was the wedding? How was the reception? How was your honeymoon if they go on one? I think then, I, but to not actually go, I would accept that. Like, okay, well, I mean, the person is in charge of their own life. Like, I'm not going to make them 
make me go. Like I would be afraid that I'd put them under uncomfortable situation. So I get myself busy. Okay, well, you know, occupy your time for that weekend so that you're not feeling weird, you know, if you're friends at work. And I, but I struggle. I don't know if I would go talk to them. I don't know if I would do it. If I did, it would definitely be after because I'd want to show that I'm perfectly fine and there's no hard feelings. And if they said to me, how come you didn't come to the wedding? I didn't get your, your, your RSVP. Then I could say, oh, I didn't get an invite. You know, I don't know. I, I, it was just interesting when I saw that I went, oh man, what would I do? Is there a right one? Is there one that this deemed is correct? No. The, so there's a, a website I'd like to go on. It's called Psychology. It's a UK site and they do all these quizzes on uh, neuropsychology behaviors and stuff. So this was on friendship in the workplace. So this was their first question. And I thought, oh, that's such a good question. What would I do? But even how, you know, I would think to go and be confident and just go up to them would be the the best approach. The way that their quiz goes is they you fill out the thing and then they tell you, you scored this. This is and here's where you can improve. So it, it didn't really say what was right or wrong, just kind of diagnosed me. <laughs> Interesting. Anyways. Because I do think that any of those answers, I think there's value in in all of those responses. And it, there's definitely something you can learn about yourself and the way that you interact with people, depending on how you respond to that question. So and everyone that, listening, really think about how you would have answered that. Yeah. And what does that tell you about yourself? Yeah. And then my brain goes, okay, the, that whole Cartman triangle, the drama triangle, victim persecution. Okay, I'm not a victim. They're not persecuting me. I'm not going to go talk about it because then I makes her or her or him a persecutor. That was my brain. You know, I was like, okay, well, I wouldn't do that. I guess I would just accept it. I would just go into acceptance and go, okay, I wasn't invited. Right. I don't know if that's the right answer, though. That's just where I was talking. You know, I'd be talking because I would, I probably would be feel hurt if everybody got invited and I didn't. I think my first response would be like, uh oh, rut row, something's not right. But then I, you know, I think I would go, well, I can't control that. So I'll go. Right. I, I suppose for me as well, I would, I want more context because just because everybody else got an invite, it doesn't necessarily mean that I have a good relationship with that coworker already mm -hmm. though. So I would want to, I need, I need more information to go off of to truly answer that question. I think yeah. of do I already have a relationship with this person? Are we just friendly or are we friends? Is she my boss? What relationship do we have to one another? Mm -hmm. I think that all of that definitely paints into how someone might respond, which leads me into, we've been talking about being friendly with our coworkers and then the difference between going from there to actually forming friendships. And I want to talk about friendships that you have with your bosses or with your managers, because those are always a little different than the ones that you have with your peers and your coworkers. Karen, yep. you pointed out to me as we were prepping for this episode that with those relationships, it's more of a mentor relationship. And I really liked that. And I was hoping you could speak a little bit more to that. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this one. So my style of leadership is very relational, which you know, because we were together on the same team. So I, I, I can't 
deny that I value a relational connection with the team. So I'm not going to change me because that's important to me. So I have a few thoughts on this one. Uh, one is it is wise and beneficial. So the blur, the boundaries aren't blurred that the boss sees themselves as a mentor friend, mentor slash friend. And the team member sees the boss as a friend slash mentor so that because the boss is the boss is the boss is the boss. It wouldn't matter um, if they have the authority to fire and hire. It wouldn't matter how close you get. They're always going to have authority uh, that you, that the other person doesn't have. So there's a disadvantage. It's not a mutual peer-to-peer friendship. So however, you can still have a great friendship. And remember that you're also a mentor. So uh, because um, you just want to make sure that that superior part um, that the that an employee never feels inferior based on authority. At the same time, you can't deny connection, you know. And so I think during while they're with you in the workplace, the mentor aspect is going to be there. So that's number one. Number two is, and this is something I do teach a lot in coaching a lot, because I think there's a lot of people who value the relational side of team dynamics. And so a few things that happen is sometimes if it gets too much of a friendship, the boss can't be a boss anymore. And then they let things slide performance, they feel uncomfortable to confront or write up and all that. Um, But that's their job. So the second thing is, there's a lot of hats we wear. And when we go to work, we're not just in one hat. So I remember, and my favorite story is Anthony in Montreal. Um, I called him on a performance thing and I said, hey, Anthony, I've got to put my boss hat on. And he went, oh, that's my least favorite Karen. You know, and I, I just love that. You know, what that for some reason that stuck with me years later, it's my least favorite Karen. But I still was super relational. I just had to wear a different hat that day. And it communicating really clearly which hat I'm wearing relaxes everybody. If I'm not wearing that boss hat, then I'm I'm just me being me. Okay, so I think it's important for bosses to communicate clearly which hat you're wearing. Are you wearing the relational friend hat? Well, that's a whole different person than the boss hat. And because you don't have to flex the boss muscle, because you have the title, you don't have to flex that. You just, you're the team leader, you know, but some, once in a while you do when there's performance concerns. And so I think that creates a, a trust and a safety for your friend employee, you know. I like that you're taking it here because I do think that dynamic exists with your, when you have friendships with your bosses or your managers, as well as with coworkers, when there are going to be those moments where you might need to talk about something that's more performance-based or something that's happening in the workplace, but you do have that friendship. So finding that boundary, I, I really like the example of just actually naming it and saying, right now I'm the boss or if it was with your coworker, you could say something such as, right now I need to talk to you as your coworker. You know, yep. I'm, think, I'm trying to think of an example. Yep. could be if you are on the same team with your friend because mm-hmm. you've, you've passed, passed the friendly zone. Now you're friends and you're on the same team. Maybe you're working on projects with one another and they just did not rise to the occasion. So now you have to go to them and say, hey, as your coworker, this was difficult for me. I felt like I was having to pick up your side of the work or what have you. Mm-hmm. Again, so I really like that naming it. Yeah. And even going with just adding to that, even when you're giving feedback, feedback is 
always for the purpose of the other person excelling. When you give feedback, it's so they will excel. That mindset going in. So if you're having, I remember um, we worked together with a guy named Eric in San Francisco, just this, ah, just a big teddy bear giant of a a man. He's just lovely, (laughs) lovely, lovely. And I remember he was really upset with me and he called me and he kind of told me off. But I thought, wow, like he felt so safe. Uh, and shout out to Eric. Hi, Eric. <laughs> I just, it was, so, I, I felt so honored that he was comfortable to call me and be upset with me. I, I went, okay, we definitely have a healthy relationship. He was not afraid. He, there were no blurry boundaries. He didn't like my decision. He didn't like how I was speaking in, in, in the topic. And he addressed it immediately and let me know he was not okay with it. That to me proved there was a relationship there because um, when when we choose to create a relationship of friendship, of, of belonging, you know, it's a belonging, um, then people can be relaxed and be themselves and not think they're going to get fired for, for having to say something, some tough information to, to the person you report to. And the same with peer-to-peer. So I really like what you said. I think you just uncovered another advantage to being friendly or being friends with people in the workplace that when it does come time to express something that's uncomfortable, it's actually a little easier because you do already have that baseline relationship. You know that you can comfortably go talk to this person about something and it's not going to have a negative ramification. It might in the immediate, it might create some tension. Mm-hmm. But because you already have that friendship there, you know, you can work past it. There's something that you said when we were prepping that really, I thought was so such a great piece of insight. What do you do when the boss or the person you report to wants to confide in you and looks to you and turns to you and maybe even starts to vent to you? All those elements that are very intimate and you're uncomfortable because that's not the kind of relationship you're actually wanting with your boss. What do you do about that? And I thought without that, you know, that's a really good point. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and it's when I... I'll, I'll say it in the nice way, but was, it was when I said that you should never complain down. You should only complain up or complain laterally. I did not use the word complain, <laughs> but I think you guys know where we're going with this. <laughs> I like the other word better. <laughs> it had a harder punch. I was like, oh, that's really good. That's edgy. But anyways, <laughs> but yes, yes. I really liked it when you said that. So could you maybe elaborate on that? Because that was your thought. Yeah. So when I was a retail manager at, uh, among a team of managers, so there were five of us and we had a, I want to say 30 people that were under us and we all managed them collectively as a team. And it was actually something that one of my coworkers who was a fellow manager told me at one point, you should never complain down, you should only complain laterally or up. And the reason being is that it puts the people below you in an uncomfortable position, because now they have information about their coworkers that might, you know, they might now see them through a different light, or they might start to bully that coworker because they're feeling like they're siding with the manager. It creates 
it creates more of those feelings of exclusion that we were talking about earlier, where you might see that your coworker has a very close relationship with your manager and now you feel excluded. You might feel like you're going to get in trouble more. You might not get a promotion. So there are many, many reasons why it's really not wise to do that and why you should really only ever make complaints or air your grievances when it's somebody that is lateral to you or someone that's above you. Mm -hmm. The best practice, really. Because even for the people that, the bosses that are listening, if you confide in a team member, what's happening there is the team member is going to go, but when I'm not around, like who does that, who does my boss complain to about me? It's not safe to the team because the team needs to be treated as a team. So that's another element. Another element is you got to be careful what you're conveying without conveying it. Yes, definitely. And I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. If you're willing to talk about them that way, then what do you say when I'm not around? And that's not, that's not. The other thing too, is I would push for, for people that are in reporting uh, boss roles maybe a question is, why aren't you going up or laterally? So what's causing you to keeping you from wanting to build a friendship, a confidence peer to peer, or up to your the direct report above you? What is the reluctance there? And what is keeping you from building that kind of connection and bond? Right, because you're wanting to do it, you're wanting to create the connection with your team, if you're doing that. But your team also includes the people that are on the same level as you, as well as the people that are above you. Mm -hmm. You're on two teams when you're in a management role. You have your team with the people that you manage, and then you also have the team that you are a part of or you're being managed by. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, and on that, I was thinking too, I was really fortunate to go to the Disney Institute for training back in, I think, 2014. And it really is the best training I've ever had for customer service. And during that same time, I was taking HR management courses, uh, university and um, something that stuck because I was they were almost together at the same time. So one was all book, and the other one was all like experience. Um, It's that internal customer. And so in a company, there's an external customer and that we went over and there's the internal customer. And I'm still baffled. I don't understand why companies don't choose relationship within the workplace as a at like absolute highest priority. The stats are there and it works. So the way I describe it is if you have a great juicy apple and looks delicious and you bite into it and it's rotten, it's not a good apple anymore. So when when I see companies only invest in customers outside the organization and they stop investing internally, it's it's rotting the inside of the company. And you won't be able to change my mind on this because I feel so strongly. So when I was at the Disney Institute, they called it emotional connection. And and if you look in the hospitality industry, there is that level of emotional connection. So the concierge will, will see you before you see them. You know, they, they're, they're reading the room. They, they're constantly reading. They have this intuition that goes on. And that's so that the customer has the best experience ever. It's part of being friends in the workplace is that 
I've got your back. I see you. I'm looking out for you. I like you. You belong here. We get along. Look, we have things in common. This is an easy place to work. You can excel here. You can thrive. All of those things are part of friendship. So this, the, we, I feel like we have to diffuse this notion that friends, maybe we're making that we're too lofty and we're missing out, you know. I like this notion that maybe the word friend is too lofty. Like maybe there's a different way that we can approach it when it's with workplace so that you can frame it differently in your mind if you are one of those people that tends to be reluctant to build friendships. Okay, I'm going to call a hard stop for this episode. This conversation really continues. So today we're going to call it, but come back next week and we're going to finish our conversation on having friendships in the workplace. Clearly, this is something that Karen, you and I, we have a lot to talk about here and it's it really can't all be done today.